Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are ready to roll here for episode 14 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley. Joining me this week is the Varus of Northern Michigan Sports, James Cook, who has his little birdies, his web of spies everywhere, always getting news first before anybody else. But I'm not a eunuch. You are not, well, I I don't know that, but I good. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take your word for it. <laughs> it's good that you don't. You're know a that. trustworthy and person. I don't want you to know that. And I will or want to know that that uh, you possess uh, male genitalia that is attached to your body. So we're gonna go. We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it started already. Also joining me here. I'm going to do a detachable penis in the, joke. Is there one? Also joining us here in the studio, Mr. Brett Summers, rocking his Dre beats. Good to be back. <laughs> I thought you were going to continue there. It sounded like you were. No, I appreciated the uh, the dead air between okay. uh, between me saying Dre beats and you going. I thought you just. Uh, I thought you just lost your thought. That was all. I, I'm always losing my train of thought. Uh, apparently, I said standard in standard. the in the all region uh, tennis podcast that we recorded before this one. Um, so you, you were probably just lost because you weren't sure who this guy across the table from you was. I mean, we haven't seen him in weeks. It's been weeks. We Multiple weeks. weeks. Seventeen or eighteen days longer for James because he was gone when I left. But mm-hmm. it uh, again, we were. Uh, uh, it was our pleasure to have on 7-4's Harrison Beebe, who filled in for Brett while he was gone. Uh, that guy certainly knows his stuff, and we appreciate him bringing his sports intelligence here to the podcast. So here we are for episode 14, and we've got a lot to talk about as winter sports is finally underway. We do have a fine show for, well, I'd say better than fine this week. We've got a really good show for you. Uh, includes a really in-depth discussion uh, as we take a deep dive into the Boys Basketball Player of the Year. We're going to be talking about that this episode. Next week, we're going to get into the Girls Basketball Player of the Year, our predictions for that. Since uh, we're going to be going so uh, in-depth onto the Boys Basketball Player of the Year, we're going to skip our over and under reactions this week. Uh, we will also induct our 18th athlete of the week into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Even though it's episode 14, we inducted five retroactively last week. Uh, and we'll uh, all of them girls basketball players who had great performances last week. And then we will get into the trifecta and talk about the most underrated movie. And James and Brett have terrible picks, which is perfect because underrated movies are supposed to be thought of as terrible by other people. And they are thought of terrible by me and Brendan has one that neither James or I have even ever heard of. That so is correct, that. but it's a it's a fantastic, wonderful, beautiful movie. I feel like James and I probably will never watch it, and so we'll never be able to back you up on that. You're missing out. But before we get to all of that, let's get around the sports world and check in with the pulse. We are going to be discussing the boys basketball, or at least our predictions for the boys basketball players of the year. We'll go ahead and start with the boys. The reigning player of the year, Gabe Merriweather, is no longer with us. Well, I mean, he's alive, <laughs> but he's he, he's not playing uh, high school basketball around us. Sorry if that was weird for a second, but uh, Gabe, I, I think he's he's still kicking. I think I just saw a highlight on Twitter the other day of him draining a three for his... Uh, where, where's he playing in college? Cornerstone. Cornerstone, I yeah. I believe I saw that as well. Yeah, look, 
Strokes looking good. All right, well, let's get into a little bit of discussion. We have uh, a lot of candidates uh, to go over, and some that maybe are uh, are some sleepers that we're not sure of. But uh, why don't we go over some of the first-team selections from last year's All-Region Boys Basketball team. And I think that starts with uh, Denver Cade out of Buckley. He's a senior this year. Uh, last season, he averaged 21 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists. And, uh, of course, he helped lead Buckley to a state runner-up in the uh, Class D. The great thing about that kid is, you know, he's kind of a quiet leader on the floor, but he's still intense at the same time. He's got a great stroke from the outside. He, he's taller this year. He's stronger. Just as uh, head coach Blair Moss wants, he plays a, a hard style of defense. He, uh, he's got great passing, very aware on the court, and uh, as I said before, he's just a, a leader by example. He's, I think he's one that makes the players around him better because he is so confident and believes believes so much uh, in his teammates. I mean, not to take anything away from Denver, but maybe to stoke the competitive fires over in Buckley a little bit. I'm not sure he's the best player on that team. That's what you said. We talked about this a little bit earlier, and I said, uh, I asked, you know, who's better, Denver Cade or Austin Harris? And I, I think it's Austin Harris. Both great players. I think Austin Harris is just a little bit more of your prototypical basketball player. I think he's got a little more bounce, a little more, uh, and, and he's got that swagger, too. Oh, he oozes that, that swagger, and he's so much fun to watch. I remember the first so time. I remember the first time I watched him play, and he drained a couple of threes, and just you know did the old finger on the mouth uh, silence thing to the to the other uh, cheering section because they were getting on him pretty hard. I mean, really, you can't go wrong with either of these guys. I mean, we'll see over the course of this season each one, and not just those two either. Probably lead uh, Buckley in scoring at some point over the course of the season. Uh, just a team full of players that really complement one another, and at least among you know among themselves, very very unselfish. They don't care which guy scores twenty five, and uh, that's probably the way Blair Moss wants it. When you've got a roster full of guys that can put up twenty five, and we talked about Cade's defense, but I think Austin's defense is a little bit different because uh, he's. He's one that frustrates the other players because he's so in their face. He's got so much attitude. Likes to chirp. He likes to chirp. And so I think it's he has a different style of defense. Cade has a traditional style where he's, you know, he's he's doing his best to shut you down, but Austin is doing his best to get you get into your head and and take you out of your game. I think a great thing for them too is that uh that that Buckley has such confidence in both of them and well and other players, I mean Joey Weber too, and that and the Beeman boys at, at the end of the game. I think if you know you got a one possession game, they're confident in either one of those guys taking the last shot that they have to make, and uh, I think that kind of opens things up. Whereas if you have a team, maybe like a Bel Air last year with with Gabe Merriweather, if there was a close game at the end, you knew it was Merriweather was taking a shot, and you could really focus your defense on him. With with Buckley, you really can't because you've got those two, three, four, five options. And you can't tell who's going to take that last second shot. Yeah, Austin last year he had uh, averaged 19 points, seven boards, 5.6 assists, which is really telling. I think you, you, you talk about kind of his his uh, unselfish nature. He likes to get up in the air and then you know make a pass to to one of his teammates to kind of fake out the other defense. Uh, Not something that coaches generally teach. Probably not, but he's just he, he's got a I'd say a high uh, basketball IQ. Before we move on to our first non-Buckley nominee. If I'm taking Austin Harris, who are you guys taking between the two? Well, I, 
But I mean, between the two, they're so different but so similar at the same time. I I, I don't know. Uh, I don't you you got to pick one. one though. Do I do I get to go Austin Cade or I mean, Denver may, Harris again? Maybe, maybe. Is, that a, is that can I cop out all of the time, which is what I do? No, whenever you can't I, cop out. Whenever I'm asked to pick something, We're, but I think here, let's before we try to pick between those two, let's go over these candidates and pick who we think is going to be the player of the year. Because then, obviously, that will make the decision of who we think is better, Denver or Austin. Why are you saying that it's automatically one of them? I am not saying it is automatically one of them. I am not. But again, if, uh, you know, I don't know. Quit Uh, copping out, Brendan. I don't know. I don't know which one is is better. Uh, I, I think they're both great players and are going to be even better this year than they were last year. You like year. LeBron, Kobe, and Michael all the same, don't you? They're all the same. I, I've, I've come to like Michael Jordan a little bit less as uh, you know more has come out about him. and I've come to like LeBron a little bit more uh, just because I, I enjoy his uh, style of play. And Kobe I don't really care about. He's a great player, but I have no opinion uh, about him. Okay. All right, well, let's move on to our first non-Buckley player then. Yeah, let's do it. Who wants to uh, put up uh, Mr. Ryan Hayes from Traverse City West? I'll do that. I mean, he averaged I mean, 12.4 points, 8.3 rebounds last year. It's a little misleading. He, he was, yeah, I mean, he, he really came on and, and was more of a force the second half of the season. What, he was the big North Conference player of the year. I mean, just a great low post game. He's a guy that you can... You can get him the ball down low, and he can find the open guy, too. He's not just a black hole down there. I think we may see, see him shoot a few more threes this year. Yeah, he started adding that to his game last year, too. As it went on, you would see him step out and take and shoot a three. And, I mean, you know, the other big guys in the in the Big North Conference, they were not willing to come out and guard a guy in the perimeter like that, and he, so he would just get open looks. If he can hit, If he can hit a three, even with some semblance of consistency this year, he's going to be all but impossible to defend. Yeah, that's uh, teams are going to have to key on him. If he really can improve his outside shooting and, and have the confidence that he had last year uh, when he was uh, you know, uh, taking uh, shots from behind the arc, you're going to have to know where he is all the time. You can't lose sight of him and... We might pretty see. hard guy to lose sight of. True, but you know, I, maybe maybe early in the year you'll uh, you know teams will won't have him scouted maybe as well as they will later in the year. Yeah, I mean, I would expect a lot of teams to, to double team him, in which case we could see a, a pretty pretty hefty assist number from from the big guy. I think so, and and, and a lot of open looks for those guards. I mean, they've got three really quality guards coming back. West got a nice looking team. I think. Yeah, you've got uh, Miguel's Barrientos, uh, Alex Keen, and Brady, Brady Storkel. That's yeah. that's a really solid uh, guards uh, that you have uh, on that West team. So uh, I talked to Sanders Fry, uh, the head coach, on Saturday, and he seems pretty excited about his team. They have high expectations. They went to the regional championship game last year and and lost, but you know they were only a couple of wins away from the Breslin Center and. I don't think it's out of the question uh, that they they make another deep run this year. Yeah, I think uh, it would be the the program's first regional championship if they were finally able to punch through. Yeah, they I think they lost in the was it the final last year? Regional, regional final. final. Yeah, yes. yeah, that was the game down in uh, down in Mount Pleasant where they played Saginaw High. Yep. I mean, yep. and 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 Hayes had a nice game in that too. I mean, even even the Saginaw High guys had a hard time stopping him once he got the ball down low. So I think you could have a, a nice run there. It, you know, it hurts them that they lost Andrew Campbell from the injury from football season. I don't know if maybe there's an outside chance he could come back late in the season, but that injury was pretty late in the football season, so I would maybe not count on that. But uh, it'd be, that'd be a nice additional boost for them, too. Well, let's move back to the Northwest Conference. We have from Frankfurt, uh, senior Jalen Rogers, 
uh, who even in a couple of games that I saw him last year, uh, I watched him and pretty much get shut down by the Buckley defense, and I think he just scored two points. But he still averaged 21.5 a game. He had five rebounds and also 3.5 assists. Kid who's really speedy. Uh, on offense and defense. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with me on this one, but I feel like he's the heart of that Panthers team. The way that he plays uh, and the, the confidence that he puts out on the floor, uh, he seems to be the uh, the unquestioned leader of the Panthers who have a, a great deal of, uh, of talent to go along with that. They have I believe their entire starting five back. Yeah. Yeah, with Jalen Rogers, uh, Griffin Kelly, Griffin Kelly, Matthew Matt Loney, Stefanski. Matthew Stefanski, and uh, Kirk and Myers. Kirk Myers. Yeah. So, and they have all ten of their players back from last year. They didn't graduate a, a single senior. So they, did, they had one kid, Lonnie Hahn, who graduated that played sparingly. Well, but yeah. So I mean, they they pretty much return all their rotational players. All right. Well, according yeah. to Reggie Manville, they had all of their they got all their players back. I don't care what Varus over here says. I'm gonna go ahead and believe the head coach. I don't know. He's pretty much unstoppable when he's you know when he's hot. How legitimate is he a candidate for Player of the Year? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think those. Uh, a little bit of down performances that he had against Buckley were probably uh, driving him a little bit in the off season. You know, he had the uh, or he saw the success that the likes of Denver Cade and Austin Harris and the rest of those guys had over in Buckley, and uh, I have no doubt that he feels Frankfurt can have the same type of success. I mean, it's been a number of years now. Uh, the Panthers are used to deep runs in the playoffs. Last year, Frankfurt didn't get out of the district, so. I, uh, I would expect um, there's a little bit of extra motivation there after uh, you know just the number of years that, that they've made deep runs, and then last year it, it kind of came to an end. Manville said it was a disappointing year. Like He came out when I talked to him, and he just said, yeah, it was a disappointment. They only won 16 games, and he said, well, that's okay. That was a program that was winning 20 games uh, every year for... And never losing at home. Right. They, they had that streak snapped last year as well because uh, you there's northwest conference home games you you came with me on i came your with off you because i needed to be yeah because I, I like high school sports and on my off days i sometimes go and watch what i consider to be uh really exciting matchups and so yeah i came with you on on that one and that was the game where rogers only scored two points but that was also the one that coming off it. a concussion i believe yes yeah. yeah and that's and that's a thing another two, thing too i think his numbers are low because of that I mean, when I talked to him, that that concussion bothered him for like weeks during the season. You know, he said that there was it. It took him like two weeks to get right. James, were you at that game where he got the concussion? Because I remember hearing that. I think you said that he just laid pretty much motionless on on the court for a while. Yeah, it was against Benzie at Benzie, and uh, yeah, he just I think he went up for a rebound and I don't know somehow just came down, landed flat on his back head snapped back and, and hit the floor. I mean, it was it was pretty bad. You know, I couldn't talk to him after the game, obviously, because they were he was seeking atten- medical attention. Um, but I talked to Matt Loney, who was the first guy to come up to him afterwards, and and, and I said, you know, what did he what did he say? And Loney said basically he said, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna lay here for a couple minutes. And uh, and Loney's like, well, we're at a basketball game, and uh, he's like, really. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's scary. I shouldn't laugh. Yeah, I, I shouldn't laugh. That's scary. And yeah, I mean, and and then later I went, covered another game of theirs, and he said, you know, that he just he didn't feel right for a couple of weeks after that, and he had a couple of games in there where he only had like eight points or ten points and stuff, and that's 
un very uncharacteristic for him. So, I mean, I think you can see if, if he uh, doesn't have any concerns or anything like that this year, any injuries or anything like that, I think you'll see him averaging like 25 this year. Yeah, I think we're very fortunate to have Jalen coming back for a senior season that, that last year wasn't his last high school year because, uh, you know, coming off of a stellar sophomore year prior to last season, um, I think we had kind of discussed how at that time after his sophomore year that we felt he may be the best player in northern Michigan and certainly by the time his prep career was over you know even better so I'm excited that we get to see him rebound from a few different uh, instances of that favorite sports buzzword of adversity and, and see what he comes back with for for his last year well Brett why, why don't I let you get into our next candidate since you covered Manton pretty extensively and had a chance to see uh, this guy play as a junior and now coming back as a senior yeah, Jaden Perry, uh, senior, as you said, for the Rangers, he averaged 15.8 points a game last year, three rebounds, 3.4 assists. You know, not necessarily, uh, like I mentioned, Austin Harris before, your prototypical basketball player. He's a, he's a small guard, but there's nobody faster on the court than he is. 90-plus percent free throw shooter outstanding from the line he led Manton to to the final four last year he's the leader for that team and uh you know I think Manton and, and certainly uh Jaden can have uh, great seasons again this time around I, I remember seeing because I the only time I was able to see Perry was in the in that state semifinal, uh and uh, they got beat pretty handily in that game but what I was really impressed about Jaden was uh, he there was no give there uh, never hanging his head throughout that game, uh, continued pushing the offense and, and playing really well on defense. He, he's got he, he's a fierce, fearless, fiery. If I can just throw a lot of alliteration in there to to describe him, you know he's your all go, no quit. And uh, I really respected that in that game because it would have been really easy for him and that entire team to fold tent and call it because it was they got uh, down you know by a lot very early. And, uh, yeah, you just got to uh, admire what he did in that game. Yeah, it was, it was really kind of too bad for, for Perry and uh, his running mate, Hunter Rule, uh, who also is back for Manton this year. You know, they're both um, comparatively small guards. And that semifinal last year was really the first time all season that they ran into a team uh, with enough length and athleticism that I think – their size, Manton's size, actually hurt them for the first time. They just they struggled to get off clean looks, and uh, you know the speed just wasn't wasn't quite enough. Even when they would get to the rim uh, on a blow by, you know they, they'd get to the rim and then uh, you know a block shot or something from uh, an athletic uh, bigger player. But uh, I don't. I certainly don't expect Manton to have any troubles with that this year you know throughout the the regular season and, and much of the postseason and I'm sure that's probably something that they've they've kept in mind uh, over the offseason maybe working on some uh, new moves or something to uh, to battle that if if should that ever become a problem again but certainly another another great player on this list of candidates uh, the thing I like about um, about Perry's game too is that it's a, it's a bit of a throwback style. Um, you know, I mean, he goes, he takes the ball to the rack, he gets, he draws a lot of fouls, and like you said, he shoots free throws incredibly well. Um, he also uses that to set up a mid-range jumper a lot, um, which is kind of a lost art form in basketball now. People are either shooting close range or, or, or long distance, and that mid-range jumper is, is kind of a forgotten thing. Um, but he uses his speed that the defender kind of has to play off of him, or otherwise he's going to blow by him 
to to set up that that mid range jumper and get himself a lot of open looks there from you know 15 or so and, then, and he's pretty good at draining them the the one thing that I wanted to say about Manton is uh, when I talked to head coach Ryan Hiller he said that this was a team that realized that they've got a lot of work to do they got uh, beat pretty handily in their uh, in their first scrimmage and he said that was a wake-up call for them so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting if they can uh, make another run to the Breslin Center but I think the scrimmages really helped and and brought about a different mindset for that team uh, Kate Peterson <coughs> is up next on our list a senior from Glen Lake last year uh, after coming over from Lake City he averaged uh, 15. Point one points and 9.1 rebounds. Kid's gotten bigger, according to Rich head coach Rich Ru- uh, Ruelas. Uh, said he's six six and about 30 pounds of muscle, stronger than he was last year. Uh, he's he's versatile and he's basically a mismatch for uh, any player that's out there on the court. Yeah, I mean he can he can post up smaller guys, and he's got the the speed and the athleticism to you know to to go over or around. Yeah, other other people. So yeah, he is a a mismatch and somebody that's going to be incredibly hard for teams to find somebody that matches up well with him defensively. Yeah, I can't wait to see the the Glen Lake Buckley matchups this year. I mean, obviously Buckley will be the favorite after um, its sweep of Glen Lake a year ago and and how far they advanced. But I do feel like Glen Lake is poised to make a bigger jump over how good you know either of those teams were a year ago. Maybe close the gap a little bit and certainly make that a competitive contest and Cage Peterson's a big reason why. Coming off a second team all-region selection for cross country is Caden Hale from Bear Lake, the senior. He's coming off a year where he's averaging 19.3 points, uh, 4.3 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and 4.2 steals. So those are pretty solid uh, numbers uh, across the board. Uh, you got to like him just because uh, he's, uh, you know, I think we've, we talk about this all the time and we throw this word around, but he's uh, he's confident. He's savvy out there on the court. He's a force on offense and defense. Uh, and the other thing is, he shot nearly fifty percent from the field, and I think he shot thirty-seven percent from uh, behind the arc as well. And that's pretty hard to do when when you're a team when you're a guy like that, where teams know where the offense is going through. I mean, you're going to face a lot of double teams, and to still shoot nearly fifty percent or thereabouts is is, a, is not an easy task. A uh, another player that we have the first one from Traverse City Central is Tobin Schwanicky, who was of course your uh, quarterback on the football team, which I think is uh, really helpful because that helps his leadership, which I believe has really only grown. Uh, since last year more than likely he's going to be the man running the show uh, he was the point guard last year head coach Travis Shuba wasn't exactly saying that Schwanke was going to be the man he said there may be some rotation there uh, but he's coming off a year as a sophomore where he averaged nearly 15 points four rebounds three and a half assists and, and nearly three steals a game Brett you saw how confident he was uh, as the quarterback is that going to translate over to the hard court I think so. Yeah, I think the leadership uh, does carry over to a degree uh, from the football team, although uh, you got a a pretty solid group of kids on that team that weren't on the football team. But uh, I think the the skills still translate, and I think this is uh, the second year running now where, in my opinion, Tobin will be the best player uh, on the basketball floor for Central. You know, last year, I think I, despite him being a sophomore, I think I was expecting a little more out of him, although maybe that was unrealistic for him being such a small player. And, uh, you know, Central not having um, a great overall basketball team a year ago, um, I think I think team-wise, they've got a really good opportunity uh, to improve across the roster. And I think 
Tobin certainly uh, leads that. You know, I wouldn't uh, be surprised, you know, to see him, you know, put up 20-point-per-game numbers this year in his his junior season and uh, see the rest of his numbers kind of take a leap as well. I think he was the driving force towards the end of the season last year for the Trojans because they started off losing 13 of their first 15 games, and then I think they finished uh, the season 5 out of 6 before they lost to uh, West uh, in the in the district championship game and and Schwanke was the the kid out there. I remember watching in that district game. He was the kid out there that was the one running the show. Well, the other thing too, uh, we we've touched on this a little bit on the podcast during football season. But if what uh, head coach football head coach Eric Sugars told me before this year's football season that that Tobin wasn't healthy last year, I don't know if that carried into basketball. I mean that that could have had uh, an Im- a lasting impact into the winter season as well. So you know, as far as I know, he finished the football season relatively healthy this year. I mean, the numbers he put up were uh, pretty impressive from start to finish. Um, so if if he's healthier heading into basketball this time around than he was a year ago, that's only going to help things too. And, if, and I, I think that very well could be last year that that he wasn't necessarily 100% coming into the basketball season. I mean, last year at the beginning of the year, it seemed like Jordan Vicent was the was the focal point of the offense, and, and he was the guy that, that was getting more the, the bulk of the looks. And he's going to be big this, too. He's going to be big, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a nice uh, backcourt pairing there. You know, but Schwanke really seemed to come on later on in the year, maybe some of that rest of not playing as much in December, you know, with the lighter high school schedule in, in December. Um, helped him heal up, and then uh, once he was good, he was good. Our second player coming up from Glen Lake is Xander Okerlund, talking to head coach Rich Ruelas. Uh, he said that Xander is going to be a big part of this team's offense. He had 17.5 points per game last year and nearly five rebounds. I expect both of those numbers to go up. I think rebounds, especially with his length, uh, I know he plays outside a lot, but I uh, you know, he's one of those guys that last year, I remember, uh, really followed his shot, which is what head coaches say a lot. Like when you shoot, follow your shot and, and try to get, uh, you know, try to get that rebound if you're going to miss. And what was so funny is I looked at the, the roster from the Glen Lake uh, Buckley game when they played at Buckley and they had Xander Okerlund listed as a senior. And I thought that was pretty funny when, in fact, he was a sophomore. Maybe it was just a typing error or maybe they were looking at that kid and going, no, he can't be a sophomore. He must, he must be a senior. Yeah, he's a, a very talented kid. And, you know, the crazy part about the two players for Glen Lake that we've had on this list and Cade Peterson and Xander Okerlund is the fact that, you know, there's another player who, as only a sophomore, could have a pretty special season coming up for Glen Lake as well, and that's Reese Hazleton. So, you know, I'm not necessarily expecting Cade and Xander's numbers to take a huge leap because Reese is a scorer that, you know, if if things kind of balance out between the three, you could have three guys, you know, averaging in the 15 to 18 point range. Reese is another kid, I think 6'3", 6'4". They're going to have some crazy length on that team uh, and some very good athleticism. All, you know, Reese and and, uh, Xander especially, uh, great shooters. Cade, maybe a little more of a a slasher, get-to-the-rim kind of guy. This is going to be a really fun, fun team to watch. And, um, 
you know, Xander certainly deserving to be on this list of preseason candidates. Uh, I expect Glenn Lake to really be a, a top competitor for that Northwest Conference title. I don't think anybody in that conference is going undefeated. I just don't see it this year like Buckley did going 16-0 and last year. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm not. Uh, until I see these teams play a little bit early, I, I guess I may not be willing to go that far at this point. But going back to these, you know, these two guys plus plus uh, Hazleton for Glenn Lake, you're talking about the versatile length. I mean, it's at the end of those long arms, you've got pretty active hands among all three of them. I would. Uh, this should be a, a crazy fast-breaking team, I would imagine, with the athleticism and and speed and and steals coming off of them. That you know they might not be. There might be some games where they're not really having to run a whole lot of half-court offense. All three of those guys can get out and run, as well. I mean, they're not just big plotters in the in the middle. They they can all get out and run. They can all take you off the dribble. They can all hit a shot from the outside. And you know, Oakland really came on. I mean, he was a. He was a big player for them early in the season, but at, as the season went on, he became an even bigger and bigger part of that team. And and Hazleton as well. Ha- Hazleton was not a huge factor for them early in the season, and the second half of the year really really came on, and I think you'll see him take a, a huge step forward too. But yes, our final entry is going to be from Leland Garrett Miller. Uh, last year was uh, just a, an incredible season for him. Uh, he led the area, or at least our coverage area, with uh, nearly 24 points a game at 23.8. He also had 7.2 rebounds, uh, 3.5 steals, and 3.1 assists. And what makes that even more impressive is that he was Leland's only option. He was pretty much that team. Talking to the head coach, it was always, uh, you know, I'd ask for stats, and he would give me Garrett Miller's number, and sometimes they, I remember getting like uh, 38 points he, he scored. He scored in the 40s more than a couple of times, and I'd say, is there anybody else on the team you want to mention? He'd be like, no, it was pretty much pretty much just Garrett. Uh, so hopefully they get some uh, support for him, but even still, I, I, don't, uh, he, I don't think he's a player that you can stop. Uh, I think he's just that good. All right, so there are our candidates. Uh, do we kind of want to go around uh, the table here and, and talk about who we think uh, is going to be our player of the year? I'll tell you right now that uh, neither Denver Cade nor Austin Harris uh, is my prediction for player of the year. And that doesn't mean that I'm copying out because I don't want to make a prediction of who's better. Uh, I, I think they're uh, kind of right on the same level, but uh, I, I don't think... Uh, that doesn't mean that they're not going to have a good season. They'll have great seasons, but I'm still going with someone else for player of the year. But I'm not going to reveal that until a little bit later. So, Brett, why don't you go first with who you think is going to come in uh, as our Dream Team captain? Well, I'm a little torn between two options right now, but I guess what's going to break my tie uh, is from what I've already seen, not what I'm projecting to see. You know, I think Ryan Hayes could have a pretty incredible season in waiting uh, and I think you know his numbers are going to take a drastic increase uh, from a year ago until I actually see it on the floor I'm going to uh, go with Austin Harris from Buckley and um, I think he's going to uh, win out as far as a individual performances go by the end of the year and put up some pretty crazy stat lines despite yeah. all the additional help that he already has on that team cannot argue with that one one bit as we as we talked about he is uh, an extremely talented player um i'm gonna go with uh with jalen rogers i think that he's just uh he's got the ability to score in the 20s every night you know when he's bright and he 
and he does it almost effortlessly too. I mean, you uh, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's really incredibly spectacular. Other times, you by the end of the game, you're looking and he's got 27 points, and you're like, "Wow, I didn't think he had that many points," but he just does. He's got a great supporting cast around him that does a lot of the other things for him too. I mean, Matt Stefanski is in there in the middle, big body, rebound, defense. Matt Loney's a great defender. He maybe needs to play a little bit more inside the offense this year. But uh, and then you got Griffin Kelly, is another great athlete on the other side primarily a football player but his athleticism translates pretty well to basketball too wasn't that was his first year on varsity and kelly just came in and, and seemed like a natural out there just because he is uh, a natural athlete perhaps the perhaps the best rebounding guard in northern michigan i i think uh, i would yeah. say he's got yeah. such good hands and he has such good awareness his vision uh, you saw his vision on the football field you saw that i mean it's like he has eyes on the side of his head and the back of us on, on the back of his head uh, so uh, that that translate uh, over to the basketball court and really makes him uh, a wonderful player i guess i could have put him on the list but uh, i i think uh, rogers has uh, more of a potential to be our player of the year and i think the guy that gets lost in that team is kirk myers you know he's the he's the fifth starter he he plays the point a lot of the time he is a a very pesky defender where he has, like you were talking about Austin Harris before, he gets under the other team's skin. Kirk Myers does the same thing. He's he's going to be in the face of the other team's point guard all game long and you know usually creates some turnovers and gets in the guy's head a little bit to, to force them into some unforced errors. Well, I am going to go with the last candidate that we talked about, and that's Leland's Garrett Miller. I am not going to make the same mistake that I did with uh, North Bay's Brett Dyer, where I never got the chance to go see him play, and he ended up being our uh, our soccer uh, dream team captain, and uh, again, that was one of my regrets, uh, that I wasn't able to see him play. So I am at some point going to make my way to a Leland game, because I really want to see this kid play. I really want to know if he's as talented as his numbers suggest and so I am going to go with him as our player of the year I like that we have all three different different predictions I, I like the fact that none of us uh, are really uh, believing that there is a uh, you know a top of the line uh, unquestioned uh, player of the year all of these kids have a great chance at at really blowing us away this year yeah I, after going through all this I wouldn't um I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's someone that none of us picked. Not at all. No, I just surprised. wouldn't be surprised if it's just some, you know, somebody who sneaks in, like you said, from that other group. Ogerland, Perry, uh, maybe even Ethan Ansick from, from Manton. He's the, the transfer into Manton from, from Wald Lake. And uh, he gives them that 6'6 that six, six big kid who's also athletic. Well, I think we can expect all of those at some point in the season, and if not, uh, certainly retroactively getting into uh, the Get Around Hall of Fame as our Athlete of the Week. So why don't we segue perfectly into that and get around to the Get Around Hall of Fame and uh, induct our 18th athlete. I am going to go ahead and start with Charlevoix's Elise Stuck, probably maybe a, a weekly nominee. Uh, I, I would say, um, but she had a triple-double. Until she wins one, of course. Until she wins one, of course, but I, I feel like maybe we'll just wait until basketball season is over. I don't know, but she's she posted a triple-double in her first game, and then I think she had 25 points, uh, 11 rebounds, 
10 assists. Uh, she also had a bunch of steals and a bunch of blocks. I went and saw Elise play uh, last week against Sheboygan, and she only played maybe 16 minutes. I mean, I know she got into a little bit of foul trouble, but really she only played about half the game, as did most of the starters uh, for Charlevoix, but she still managed to get great numbers, 14 points, 9 rebounds, uh, I believe 4 assists, 6 steals, and 6 blocks. So she really does fill up the stat book, like all of the categories uh, she's going to have numbers in. So my nomination this week, Charlevoix's Elise Stuck. And on top of it, that it's not necessarily in the, the stat book, she's their primary ball handler a lot of the time, too. Yeah, she's their best player on the court, there's no doubt about that, and she's one of the best in uh, northern Michigan, possibly the state. I'm going to go with uh, North Bay's Joanne Ogama. Um, she had last-second game-winning shot against Grand Traverse Academy this week. You know, the North, North Bay is a new first-year co-op between Northport and Sutton's Bay. Uh, I think that team will continue to get better and better as the season goes along, and these girls have played together more often. But, uh, you know, she had, uh, I think they had an inbound play with seven seconds to go. They inbounded the ball. They were able to get it into her. She was the biggest girl on the court, but she got a shot off, uh, but it hit, drew the front of the iron, and uh, she was following her shot, got to it, put it right back in at the buzzer. Um, I think she had 21 points and seven boards in that game, and, uh, and that, that's a pretty typical stat line for her. Yeah, she's also, also really talented volleyball player as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I saw her play against uh, Leland in, in the district volleyball, and she's just, uh, on top of being very athletic, she's physically imposing tall girl um and just kind of can at least from what i saw in volleyball she'll be able to kind of get wherever she wants to go yeah in the basketball course she does that too i mean she's uh she's primarily a a post player uh you know she doesn't she's not gonna be taking three pointers or mid-range jumpers or anything like that she knows that she's making her living in the post she gets a lot of boards she gets a lot of uh you know they feed her the ball down low and you know in that in that Cherryland conference she's going to be one of the bigger players, if not the biggest player, maybe in that league. Our last candidate for this first winter season edition yes. of the Get Around Hall yep. of Fame is uh, Brethren's Mariah Pringle. Uh, she had 30 points. Not an heir to the Pringle fortune, I don't believe. If she is lucky, her. Yes, oh, indeed. But she had 30 points in the opener and followed that up with a 24.17 rebound performance in Brethren's second game. So just some uh, those are some pretty good numbers out of the gate. So that's a player I think we will keep our eye on a little bit closer. Yeah, you can't really uh, be too upset about averaging 27 points already. I know it's early in the season. But uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta like what uh, Pringle brings to to Brethren and and that team, and and maybe we're gonna see a, a little more out of Brethren this year, and, and certainly more of a competitor. We wanna take a vote now. Who is? I am actually not going to go with my nominee because I believe that Elise is going to get in at some point uh, in this season. So I am going to go with the buzzer beating winner. Uh, Joanne Ogama from North Bay. I'll, I'll go with with Ogama as well. I mean, she had a, just a nice game that season or that that game, and I think she'll have a, a lot of performances like that during this season. Well, the winner's been determined, but I'm actually going to cast my vote for Stuck, and I do that because just when I I, I don't like to wait on a player being named in if they're deserving of a performance right away. I don't think you, even though we can almost certainly count on it, 
I don't I don't like to to count on one down the road, and so I'm gonna cast my vote for Stuck. Well, I, I like that. I you know I, I like that you say that because we did make I think a couple of mistakes during the fall sports season, and we had to make up for those with our retroactive Hall of Fame, and. Uh, certainly one of those was Cole Blund when uh, we didn't put him in when he had six goals and uh, five assists in a week. But, hold a uh, grudge much? Hold a grudge all the time. I am Irish Catholic, and that is something that we do very well. But uh, congratulations to North Bay's Joanne Ogama. You are our 18th inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame as... And I think my first winner. That is, I believe James is correct. He is ding, ding, now... Ding, 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 ding. Wow. Is it first or... I thought you had the inaugural. We had some did you not have? Ones. Did you not have Cade Peterson week in our very first podcast? No, I had Cade. You had Cade? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you then I reeled Griffin off Kelly. like six in a row. You had Griffin Kelly and he had Ryan Hayes. Okay. So yeah. congratulations yeah. not only to Miss Ogama, but also James Cook for breaking... Uh, a Cleveland Browns-like streak of losses here. Joanne Ogama, you are our Athlete of the Week. Well, since we just talked a lot of girls basketball there, all three of our candidates for the Get Around Hall of Fame were girls basketball players, I would be remiss if I didn't remind the listening audience out there that we will be discussing our predictions for girls basketball player of the year at the beginning of the show next week. So make sure that you come back and listen to that. Let's go ahead and wrap up our show with the trifecta, and as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we are listing off the most underrated sports movies. Uh, underrated or underappreciated or unknown in my case, I guess is the best way to go about it. Uh, all right, who wants to jump off with their pick? I'll start. You're so brave, you Brett. Know, I, Brendan, I really hope that I can convince you to watch this one more time I've and, seen and it. give it another chance. I've seen it once, and it was a waste wasn't of my times. time. So it was almost as bad as Anaconda, which was such a bad... I saw that in the theater, and I took off my shoe. That was your first mistake. I I took off my shoe, and I threw it at the screen (laughs) because it was that bad. I'm serious. I did that. I'm like... And I think I was in maybe sixth grade, and that should have been an entertaining movie for me. But even then, I was like... And this movie blows. Like, it is terrible. Why is Ice Cube and Jennifer Lopez and John Voight, why are they going after a giant snake? But I digress. Let's get back to your pick, Brett. This movie could have fallen into the sports comedy uh, genre category that we did earlier. Um, but I don't think this is a movie that I've brought up on the podcast yet. If I have, it was maybe once in Hopefully passing. Hopefully it's the last time. But uh, it is not the original it is the remake of The Longest Yard, starring Adam Sandler and a host of other characters. Quick side note here. Do you think that maybe we should do a just a, a best Adam Sandler sports movie? I mean, we got Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, The Longest Yard. But I think if we're ranking those, clearly Happy Gilmore is the best out of the Adam Sandler sports movies. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Waterboy would be a nice, strong second, though. I hated Waterboy. I hated Okay, that see, you have, a pro- you have a problem. Yeah. You have a problem. Do you understand how annoying his voice was in that movie? It's hilarious. It's not funny at all. Yes, it is. You're wrong. My taste Shut in up, movies is better than both of yours. So <laughs> Different, not better. No, it's, it's, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm I, a special kind of different. You know, generally uh, movies that kind of get overcrowded with big names and, you know, cameos and stuff, 
I don't tend to like those all that much, but I just felt like in the remake of The Longest Yard that it really worked. You know, you had, you know, I'll try to make uh, our honorary guest host, Harrison Beebe, proud. You had the great Kali and Goldberg in that. You had uh, Nelly playing the star running back for the convicts. I love Goldberg. I didn't know he was in that yes, movie. Or at least I didn't remember that. See, you need to watch it and give no, it one more shot. I don't One want more to. shot. No. Um, no. Courtney Cox is uh, Adam Sandler's wife in that movie. That could be considered a cameo because she plays a pretty small role. I forget the actor's name who plays the warden, but he's uh, pretty well known. Then you've got the whole slew of ex-NFL football players who play the guards. Uh, Brian Bosworth, well, obviously Michael Irvin for the convicts. A couple of stand-up players right there. Really good role models (laughs) for all those kids out there hoping to be NFL players someday. Yeah, Brian Bosworth and Michael Irvin, great. Is it Irving or Irvin? Irvin. Irvin. See what I know? I don't know. I don't know shit about shit. Well, to be fair, Michael Irvin was on national TV a couple weeks ago and said that the offensive line was the easiest position in football. So, you know, that just goes and shows you how much he actually knows about anything. But you've also got Terry Crews in that movie playing Cheeseburger Eddie. That's his name. That's yeah, see, you need to watch this again and give it another shot. Okay, you're just dying and you're not even watching the movie. It's it's so good. It's so good. Cheeseburger Eddie, that might be one of my favorite names of a character in a movie. I've got fries that'll cross your eyes. I got the shakes that'll make you quake. And I got burgers. Cheese Well, I just got burgers. Cheeseburger Eddie. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Uh, yes, but I I think oh Burt Reynolds is in that movie. He makes a cameo as no uh, he he Burt Reynolds is one of is kind of a, one of the main main uh, roles in that movie. Well, he was the Adam Sandler in the Chris original Rock movie. is in yeah, that he, movie. Yeah, he was the star of the original one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Chris Rock is in the movie. He's care the the caretaker. We all know when Chris Rock is in something, it's it's great. It's been a long time since really I've like seen Chris the, long, Rock. the the remake of The Longest Yard. Did they do the same thing that they did in the first one, where at one point they decide to let the guy come through and then yep, yep, just let him have it. We're talking about this movie way too much. It's because it's a good movie and you need to give it a second chance. No, and even with Cheeseburger Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Still not gonna do it, James. Why don't you? I'll buy uh, snacks and have you come over on some Saturday, and we'll watch it. As long as we can spoon. <laughs> that's that's all I ask. So. No, no, no. James, why don't you not save us with your terrible pick and another Rodney Dangerfield movie? You, you do love. Uh, it's like the second time I put up a Rodney Dangerfield. It's movie. still another time. <laughs> yeah, so this is gonna be you, oh, yours. Is gonna maybe, be the second time you do something too. Maybe you could do uh, Ladybugs. That's a, another sports movie with Rodney Dangerfield mm, and no. the the late another one no, I've never heard because of. that one's bad. Oh yes, it's terrible. It's awful. Yes. Yeah. So you know what's it's not under, under the worst it's not sports underrated. movie category. That, that's under quality. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who the Jonathan Brandis. I believe he is. Uh, he is dead. I think he committed suicide. Let's bring this show down way down right now with a little suicide. Talk. Yeah, thanks. thanks, James. Your pick again. Uh, what was it? Uh, I'm going to go with Back to School. 1986 classic. I prefer Back it's, to the Future. It's, it's uh, well, Back to the Future is classic too, but that's not about sports, unless you consider skateboarding. It's, it's hoverboarding. Still, well, I do have a rollerblading movie Brink. in my uh, Brink, and I, and I also have a skateboarding movie because I brought a list. I, I did a. Were I did you a thinking whole Brink? I, I wasn't thinking oh, Brink. I really like that one. We just don't yeah. let James talk on this podcast. <laughs> I know. 
It's. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I'm just gonna shut up until it's my turn. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a comedy, obviously, but there's a lot of swimming in it, so it's a sports movie. You've got the triple Lindy at the end with Bronny Dangerfield, or his stunt double, obviously, pulling off the infamous triple Lindy dive, which involves three different diving boards. I got nothing for you. You ever even seen it? No, I have not even seen it. Well, then you can't criticize it, then. Guess mine ranks higher already. Oh, because I took the time to, to watch The Longest Yard? <laughs> I think I watched it, like, one when it was on TNT or something like that. But Well, there was a problem, too, because it, they had to probably edit it for TNT. Yeah, because I tried to watch the replacements on TNT, and that just nope. it does not work. But nope. yours brought up memories of throwing a shoe at something. Yes, the movie screen. <laughs> I mean, you've got, the, you've got the classic Sam Kinison as the college professor and just typical Sam Kinison. The yelling I can't, comedian? Yeah, I can't repeat like any of his lines. No, he's a scary individual. I know, it's great. Yeah. I remember my the, parents allowing me to watch his stand-up when I was like six. Maybe that's why I am the person that I am today. Because my parents Thanks, were like... Thanks, Mom and Dad. My parents were like, you know what? We like Sam Kinison and we don't want to send you to bed, so why don't you watch this short fat man with long hair yell at people in the audience. Mm-hmm. It is same thing. Same thing. <laughs> same thing in uh, same thing in Back to School. Where he's a professor who just yells at his students and then Roddy Angelfield says, uh, yeah, he seems to care a lot about what I have no idea. And then you also there was a there was an awesome cameo in that of Kurt Vonnegut playing himself, where Roddy Dangerfield brings Kurt Vonnegut in to write a paper for him about Kurt Vonnegut. And, like of, Vonnegut. and then, of course, the professor gives the uh, paper a bad grade because he thinks that it was just drivel, even though Vonnegut wrote the, wrote the paper about himself. That was awesome. There's, there's, and it's, it's another movie. You know, I like these kind of movies where they have a lot of quotable lines. I mean, a lot of them from this are not really repeatable on a, uh, a The family, Longest Yard has a podcast. lot of quotable lines. Dude, I've dropped a couple of swears already, so feel free. I'll just edit it out. It's not a big deal. No, not just swearing. It's just like, you know, the, the inappropriate nature, material. The nature of the. Yes. Well, speaking yeah. of. Oh, oh, Brett's opening his mouth and he's got something ready to say. Shaking his head. He's got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Got nothing. Well. It also has uh, William Zabka in it, who probably nobody knows by name. No, but he's, he is he's also. My, he's my great great uncle. He goes back to another previous nominee that we've had, and that he is Johnny from The Karate Kid. I thought you were going to say and that he was uh, Johnny Five. That had been. No. The, the robot from what were the names of those movies? He's Chaz, the rival s- swimmer for uh, Rodney Dangerfield's kid on the swim team. Chaz. Chaz. That's a not a great name. Cheeseburger Eddie's way better. Chaz. It's a name that you hate. And Ch- you, when, you, when somebody introduces themselves as Chaz, you're just like I like, like Chaz Palminteri. You're just kind of like mm. I don't know who that is. It's because you're too young. You've never seen a Bronx Tale. Oh. Man. I know right. who Chaz Palminteri is, but I've the, also name is, seen the name does not draw me through. Far it. fewer movies than you have. Jazz, I'm sure. Tall, and Harry. That's what I like to call him. <laughs> Chaz Palminteri, Jazz, Tall, and Harry. All right. Well, speaking of Chaz Palminteri, he is uh, known as a world renowned surfer. I didn't know if you guys knew that. It's not true, but that leads uh, right into my pick, and I haven't brought this one up on the podcast before. Uh, No. No. I'd remember because I'd never heard of it. Okay. Well, before we get to that, because I did mention we had, I I brought a list because I like to. Do you guys ever, did you ever see the movie Airborne? It was like with a hippie kid that moves to a town and a bunch of hockey players bully him, but there ends up being like a really cool rollerblading scene down a hill at the end. Oh, it's, yeah. I think I watched that one a lot when when I was a kid. There was also Gleam in a Cube, starring uh, Christian Slater as a, a skateboarder 
really good movie as well. I'm, I guess I'm showing my age here. Well, well this one where I'm going to get to later when we do best non-traditional sports movie, but I'll save that for for then. But we my didn't pick, do that category yet? We have not done that oh. uh, category yet. We've threatened to several times, but uh, my pick is a documentary about surfing called Endless well, hold Summer. Hold on, time out. Is yeah. a documentary a movie? Yes. Okay. Okay. A documentary is a movie. Okay. Bit of a square peg in a round hole, but okay. You we'll proceed. Let, we'll let you have proceed. It. We'll uh, let you have that. One. I don't know what the hell either of you are talking about. It's a movie. <laughs> it's a film, a documentary film, and the word film and movie are interchangeable. Synonymous. Okay, fine. So you win on semantics. Endless summer. We'll allow it for now. Is a it's a great movie. Again, I give credit to my father for this introducing me to it. And saying, "Son, sit down and watch this." A little different. See, from this Sam is why Kinison. this is. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. This yeah. is why our movie viewing habits are so different. Because my father doesn't watch movies at all. He, he never wanted to bond with you. Is that what it he was? He didn't want to watch movies. Oh, uh, the, he still doesn't watch movies. Oh, he I, sleeps through movies. Yeah. So, so did my, my ex girlfriend. Every time I'm like, ooh, watch this movie, and she just falls asleep. But one time she showed me what dreams may come, and I fell asleep during that one. What a terrible. I don't know what that is either. Robin Williams, it's a, it is a, uh, you know. Must be the only snoozer he made, or one of the only ones. Yeah, I don't know. All right, but Endless Summer. So it follows these two surfers, again, a documentary, as they chase summer around the world. They're in California, they're in Hawaii, they go to West Africa. There's a really cool scene where they're actually riding waves that go away from the shore. So they're actually riding waves that are going, you know, toward the... I didn't horizon. know waves did that. Yeah, it's the only place in the world that does that, and they were able to go and surf there. Is it like the reverse toilet bowl thing? It is. It's the Coriolis effect, I guess. Yeah, so you had, there they go to, like I said, West Africa, Hawaii, California, uh, Australia, and it's just a really, I recommend it to both you guys. I think, I don't know if it's underrated, but I thir- certainly think it's underappreciated, and I, looking at the both of you who have no idea what I'm talking about and getting blank stares, uh, an unknown movie, probably to uh, a younger generation, and the only reason I know about it is be uh, because of my dad. But so there we go. Most underrated movies. If you guys have uh, any selections that you want to throw our way, guys and gals, I, I shouldn't just say guys, but uh, y'all. I guess I could do y'all from now on. Uh, but if you have any uh, additions that you'd like to throw in for most underrated movie, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter. We are at TCRE Sports. Of course, there is Brett uh, at BA Sports Writer. I'm getting it right this time at James Cook 14, and myself at Brendan Queeley. We want to thank you for listening to this episode number 14 of the Get Around Podcast. You can't stop us. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I've been your host, Brendan Queeley, and joining me this week again were Brett Summers and James Cook. Everybody have a great rest of the week.